0: on as uh, Nick mentioned in us following the servant we have two stories here today that are uh, kind of a couplet they go really well together one is the final story in uh, Mark's gospel chapter one and we're coupling that with the first story in Mark's gospel chapter two we're talking here about two of my favorite stories. I don't know if it's really right to say that you've got favorite spots in the Bible, but since Balaji already said that earlier and talked about a favorite verse that he had, then I feel like he's sort of legitimized it. So I'm, it's okay for me to say that uh, it's th- these are like two of my favorite passages. Now, why is that? Well. There, there's just the contrasts and yet the, uh, the lessons in the two of them and how they just display the heart of God are just so good that uh, I would just, I just got to share it. It's, uh, it's just one of those things that you just sort of go, yes, let's dig into these and let's, uh, let's see how this happens. One case, you've got a man with leprosy. Another case, you've got a man that's paralyzed. One comes by himself. The other one is brought by friends. Both are in such a state that they would have little or no perceived value uh, in society. They would be considered people that are a burden. And we have no idea in either case of the story of their lives that leads up to the event that takes place when their lives uh, cross with Jesus's. But let's look at the two of them. And then we'll uh, we'll follow it through step by step. So in the first, the first story starts in Mark chapter one and verse forty. Mark chapter one verse forty. A man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. He said. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. Instantly, the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. Then Jesus sent him on his way with a stern warning. Don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. But the man went and spread the word proclaiming to everyone what had happened. As a result, large crowds soon surrounded Jesus and he couldn't publicly enter a town anywhere. He had to stay out in the secluded places, but people from everywhere kept coming to him. We actually don't know the town where this this story took place. It was somewhere in Galilee least as far as I know, we don't know the town. Doug may know. If you look over at Doug's screen, you see a whole lot of books behind him. You see some books behind me as well, but there's a big difference. You see the books behind Doug, he's actually read them. And the books behind me, not so much. Just just three or four years, so it takes me a long time. But as far as I know, we don't know this town. All we know is that it was somewhere in Galilee, probably not too far from Capernaum he meets this man the man comes to him don't know his name but he has leprosy what is leprosy leprosy is a we know it now as a terrible disease that is uh, not totally eradicated but certainly dramatically reduced on the planet but it is a disease that eats away at the flesh, that eats away at the nervous system, that gets, makes, takes to a point where you have very little or no feeling, and then damage ends up being done because you can't feel pain, and it eventually leads to death, usually by infection. Back then, it probably referred to a broad range of skin diseases that just couldn't really be defined, but they were very, very afraid. That it was contagious. It was fascinating to think about this in our current situation with COVID, because we have a similar kind of fear. Back then, these people that had leprosy literally had to go around calling unclean, identifying themselves as someone that you did not want to touch or you wanted, did not want to go near. They had to stay by themselves they were very isolated and they certainly did not experience any human touch which is a terrible thing to go through life with no human touch but that was their condition and we kind of relate to it more in the last year than maybe we have before think about it think about how little human touch we now experience think about our isolation. Think about the instructions that we're given when we're together. Those in the medical field have told me that they're actually in many ways um, safer uh, than most because they are taught and instructed to act as if in every situation like they have COVID or one of their patients has COVID or one of their fellow workers has COVID. And so they're taught this Isolation and to a large degree, we're all taught it to stay away. Don't touch. It seems to work quite well in my circle, all except for grandmothers with grandchildren. Somehow there's a huge, huge uh, problem there that we have in our society. And I got a feeling when all of this is over. And when we look at what were the vectors that actually spread this. I got a feeling it's going to be grandmother to grandchildren, but just saying, I don't know for sure. Now back to our story. So the man has leprosy. He comes and kneels in front of Jesus begging to be healed. Jesus says, if you are willing, you can, or he he says, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. He says this to Jesus. Interesting right there, because he knew God's power, or he knew the power of Jesus, not sure if he had realized yet that Jesus was God, but he knew Jesus's power, he didn't really know his heart. Interesting, isn't it? For you and I in our journey with Jesus, for those of us that know him as Savior, it seems to me that we struggle in our faith from time to time with one of those two things. Sometimes we're doubting his power. Sometimes we're doubting his love. But I think more often than not, we, it is his love, it is his heart that is actually what we doubt when we have those doubts. Jesus is moved with compassion. But notice what he does. This is the incredible truth of this story, the incredible like the center point of this story. Jesus reaches out and touches him and says, "I am willing to be healed." Stop and recognize what was going on there. What should have happened under Jewish law was Jesus would have instantly been declared unclean. Because he had actually touched a man with leprosy. What had happened for thousands of years was that this dreaded disease had spread through touch. So that as Jesus touched him, what everyone around would have fully expected is that Jesus would have caught it, or at least was at high risk of the disease having been transmitted to him, and Jesus would have to declare himself unclean. But instead, because of who Jesus is, because he is God come in the flesh, because he is God with us, for the first time in human history, when the son of God touches a leper, what happens? It goes the other way. The leper is healed. Imagine if we could experience that with COVID today. Right now, amongst my Youth for Christ international family, there's a number of our staff around the world that are sick with COVID. Some of them are very sick. And as I was pondering this message, I was thinking, wow. If somebody could come into the room, simply touch them, and they would be healed, that would be like so amazing. We're hoping that we'll all soon have this vaccination, but the vaccination can't heal us. All it can do is 80%, 90% of the time, it can keep us from getting it, or at least getting it so seriously. But imagine the power of being able to actually heal. Imagine the folks around watching this and they see this power. They see the Lord Jesus able to touch him and heal him. Now notice what happens. Instantly the leprosy disappears and the man is healed. Jesus' healing was complete. But the next words are very, very significant. Jesus says to him, with a stern warning, he says, don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. Brothers and sisters, ponder this well. When Jesus heals, There's no show involved. This is not about a wow factor. This is about the real thing. And the Spirit of God records it in this way for us so that we understand that when Jesus heals, he heals from the inside out. It is not a matter of show, but it is something that can stand up to scrutiny. I want to talk now for a moment to anyone listening to this message that doesn't yet know Jesus as Lord and Savior. You have a disease. In fact, we all have a disease. It is called sin. And sin is a terrible disease. It eats away at us from the inside out. It makes us do things that we don't want to do. It makes us not do the things that we do want to do. It makes us selfish. It makes us think of ourselves before others. It makes us unhappy. And it ultimately leads to death. But the Lord Jesus came into the world to save us who are sinners. We need to admit that we have sinned. We need to admit that we are in fact sinners. Just as this man, he couldn't hide it. If he had said, I'm not so bad, if he had decided that he didn't wanna sort of let everyone know that he had leprosy, if he had been in denial, he would never have been healed. He needed to be truthful. He needed to recognize that he was a sinner and then he needed to come to the only one who could save him. That's what he did that day. And he was touched and healed of his leprosy. The Lord Jesus wants you to come to him today. He wants you to talk to him in prayer. Tell him that you are a sinner and that you want him to save you. And if you do, if you ask the Lord Jesus to come into your heart and to take your sins away, you will be saved. The word of God says, whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. That's God's message to you today. He wants you to come to him just as this leper did so long ago. And if you do, and if you receive him as Savior, your sins are truly gone. And even When you leave this world and go to meet God, you will stand before Him with complete forgiveness. The forgiveness that Jesus offers stands up to scrutiny. This man could go and show himself to the priest, the priest could examine him. His leprosy was gone. And, friend, I say to you today if you will receive Jesus as Savior, Your sins will be gone, washed away in the precious blood of Jesus. The man instead, in verse 45, he goes and spreads the word. He goes and tells everyone what had happened. As a result, large crowds soon surround Jesus, and he couldn't publicly enter the town anymore. It's amazing. Jesus didn't really want that because Jesus isn't about show. Jesus is about reality in the heart. Now let's go to chapter two. In chapter two, it says Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later. The news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon, the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat. Right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy, only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven or stand up, pick up your mat and walk? So I will prove to you that the son of man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. These are some crazy friends. These are some James Watts kind of friends. If any of you are newer to this church, I I don't know how to point out James but it's like James I, I can explain to you a little bit here just briefly. Back when Katie and I were many years younger we were the youth leaders in a church and there was one super crazy guy in that youth group that was just trouble from start to finish and that was none other than our very own James Watts and I just, when I read this story, I just think to myself, this guy had four James Watts kind of friends. If you haven't got to know him yet, hang out with him a little bit. Probably amongst the crowd, we have some others in the same category. But I just love the craziness of these friends. They loved this guy that was paralyzed. That in itself is really sweet. It's really amazing. This Man, for all of his needs, he had some true friends. Now you've got to see something else in the story. Jesus, Capernaum seemed to be kind of his home turf, from what we can see. And like, but he didn't seem to have his own home. It says here that's the place where he was staying in Capernaum. I gather here some folks had invited Jesus to stay with them while he was there in Capernaum. At least that's what I'm thinking. I love the fact that their house got seriously messed up by inviting Jesus to come into it. And to my brothers and sisters, I say to us, if we are truly going to have Jesus in our home, if we are going to truly listen to what he says, if we are truly going to live life as Jesus called us to live it, It's going to get messy at times. I still remember one guy that, I I love him dearly, but he was the maintenance guy up at our camp, at Camp de la Montaigne. And there was one problem. This guy was amazing. He could fix anything. He could do plumbing, he could do electrical, he could do carpentry, no matter what the issue was. And he was great at troubleshooting. He was your ideal camp guy. He was a one man building committee. It was amazing what he could get done. There was only one problem, he didn't like kids. Now you say, well, what's wrong? Well, this was a kid's camp. So the problem that he kept having was the frustration, the kids would come and they would break things and they would mess things up. And then it would, and I kept telling him, buddy, it's job security. Like, it's okay. But he would just get so frustrated because he didn't really like kids. You know, if you and I are going to follow Jesus, it's going to get messy. And things are going to, yeah, there's going to be some repairs to be done. It's going to be exciting, but it's not going to be safe. So these four guys, they bring their buddy to Jesus. They know that Jesus can heal them. This man has probably suffered all sorts of things, being a paralyzed person in that society. They would have limited ability to support him. They would have limited ability to meet his needs. They probably even had limited abilities to keep him groomed, to keep him clean. It must have been an extremely difficult life for him. But as I say, he has friends. These friends, they bring him. They get to the house, there's a huge crowd, a gigantic crowd in front. Now, most of us would have said, Sorry, buddy, the crowd is insane. Let's go home and we'll try again tomorrow. Certainly, that's my personality. I fully confess that's what I would have done. I would have been like, Probably not, probably not the right time. Must be God's got a different plan. Must be something else. Let's just head home. Fortunately, they were not Dave Brereton kind of friends. They were James Watts kind of friends. So they look at this and they say, huh, only one way to get this guy in front of Jesus. They go up onto the roof. You've kind of, we've all got sort of an idea of roofs over in the Middle East at that time. I don't don't know exactly whether it was shingles or whether it was clay things or whether it was like what it was, but there was somehow there was a roof and off comes that roof. That roof gets torn apart. I love to picture the people inside that think like they got the front row, like they got there early, they got the front row, they're right up there close to Jesus. And all of a sudden I'm picturing kind of two by fours and drywall falling down on their heads and they're getting mad, they're getting upset, this is crazy, what's going on? And then down through the roof, I don't know how it happened, I kind of picture four ropes. We don't actually read about ropes, but somehow they lower this guy down and plunk him right in front of Jesus. That, brothers and sisters, for those of you and I that do know the Lord, This is what Jesus has called us to do. This is the great commission. Go into all the world and make disciples of all the nations. You and I, what we discover is we can't actually make the disciples, but what we can do is we can bring people and put them in front of Jesus. When these dear friends drop this guy in front of Jesus, he's got physical needs, he's got emotional needs, he's got spiritual needs, he's got all sorts of needs, And I am sure as many of us have learned that have dealt with people that are hurting and broken, you can't even possibly understand all the things that are going on. It's super complex, but what we can do is we can bring them to Jesus and put them down in front of him. We can bring them under the sound of his word. We can pray for them. We can instruct them in the word of God. We can show them what the word of God says. We can do that. We can bring them to Jesus. And Jesus Himself can heal them. Only Jesus can heal them. And when we see what happens here as a result of this, it is so awesome. I love it in the King James, probably the best. But that's, ye may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins declares the Lord Jesus. To those of you here that don't know Jesus yet, I declare to you today, the Son of Man, the Lord Jesus Christ himself, has power on earth today to forgive sins, and he wants to forgive yours. For those of us that know Jesus as Savior and Lord, you and I have a great calling on our lives. There is nothing more important, there is nothing of greater worth than to bring our friends to the feet of Jesus. And if you and I are losing our calling, if we are losing our commitment to that, I believe it is because that declaration of Jesus is getting faint. That declaration from Jesus himself, that ye may know that the son of man has power on earth to forgive sins, is somehow fading and you and I need to hear those words from the Lord of glory again today. He has the power, he can do it and he can do it completely. And he chooses in his wisdom and in his grace to use you and I, isn't that amazing? Understand our role, we can't do the healing We can't do the cleansing. We can't do the forgiving. But we can rip apart a roof. We can drop a friend down in front of Jesus. That's what his calling is for you and I. In Hebrews 7 and 25, it says, he is able to save those who come to God through him because he lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. He is able. As I look at the screen today and see many of my brothers and sisters, I know that some of you have heavy burdens for family members, for ones that are dear and so loved and you have sought to bring them to Jesus and they are not yet healed. Katie and I have some of those too. Brothers and sisters, that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He has the power He is willing, he is working, let's trust him. He is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him and he ever lives to intercede with God on their behalf. Are you interceding for a loved one today? Know that the Lord Jesus himself is also interceding he is our great high priest we don't always understand the ways of god we don't always understand the timing of god but let's not lose heart because the son of man has power on earth to forgive sins let's keep breaking through roofs let's keep bringing our friends let's keep working together in teams No one person could do this. It took four. Let's keep at it because the Lord Jesus is coming back soon. And since we know the healing that he can bring, it is our calling. It is our privilege. It is what God gives us to do. This little bit of the work is to bring our friends, go through the roof, do whatever it takes, bring them to the feet of Jesus. May the Lord Jesus be glorified in each of our lives this week. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your precious word, and we thank you for these stories that have been preserved to us in your word, Lord Jesus. We marvel at your grace. We love your power. We rest in your love, and Lord Jesus, we know, but we need to hear it by your Holy Spirit fresh in our hearts today. We know that the son of man has power on earth to forgive sins or Jesus may each of us experience that forgiveness in a fresh way today in our own spirits. And Lord Jesus, if there are those here listening to this message that do not yet know in their own hearts that your forgiveness is for them also, I pray Lord Jesus that you would make that real to their souls today and that they would like, would, like that leprous man so long ago, that they would fall at your feet and receive your touch of healing and forgiveness. So we thank you and we pray now, Lord Jesus, in your precious and most worthy name. Amen.